0: hello again everybody and welcome on into we are Rico radio's fourth and goal series where we'll give you four keys or four goals for the Bears to get a victory against any given opponent and this week they will be playing another division rival this is their third division game in a row this time it'll be the conclusion of the Detroit Lions series as the Bears get ready to take on the Lions at home in Soldier Field. And if everybody remembers, it was the matchup in week one in Detroit that started the Bears' season off, I guess, right, if you will. Hasn't been right in a while, feels like. But uh, the Bears got away with one because DeAndre Swift, the running back for the Lions, dropped an obvious touchdown that would have sealed up the game. But it was Mitch Trubisky finding a way in that uh, fourth quarter to get a bunch of points on the board, especially after Detroit lost their starting cornerbacks, I believe their their top like six corners or top four corners. I mean, they were down to the they were down to their last guys essentially when it came to the secondary, and the Bears found a way to get it done, 27 to 23. You uh, fast forward now, I guess, all the way to uh, week 13 of the season, and uh, boy. What a change. No more Matt Patricia. He has been exited from this rivalry. He was fired uh, just this past week, and Daryl Bevel will be the head coach. But uh, for Matt Nagy and his crew, they have to get ready and try to stop this seemingly never ending losing streak that they're on. And boy, a lot is on the line for both of these teams when they match up at Soldier Field. So let's get right into it we'll start out with our first goal and i'm gonna focus in on mitch trubisky go figure right uh this one is though a little bit different because mitch trubisky has been kind of known as the lions killer if you will like his best games his best numbers seemingly come against the detroit lions and i'm not sure if all of them have been against matt patricia but for the most part, they've been against Matt Patricia and, you know, with Matt Patricia gone, we'll see what how the Lions make some kind of changes defensively, because if everyone remembers, he's the rocket scientist defensive coordinator that was brought in, uh, just didn't seem to have that magic, that Bill Belichick magic, like many of his other assistants that failed to make it as a head coach in their next gig or when they got promoted to a head coach. So we'll have to see how the Lions maybe adjust a little bit and Matt Nagy had to make kind of the tough decision it's not that Mitch had a particularly good game against the Packers but you did see some things like with his mobility and his feet that the running game seemed to improve and it seemed like he had a little bit more of an ability not necessarily get the ball downfield but maybe create some more time just something that Nick Foles would not be able to do. The ball would have to come out as quickly as possible, but uh, we'll get to the offensive line in a little bit. Since Matt Nagy has decided to continue with Mitch as the quarterback, he must feel that Mitch gives them the best chance to win. And you wonder, you know, with the Detroit numbers that we've seen uh, Mitch have against the lions, if that played into it at all, because he's had a lot of success against them Uh, and Certainly, the Lions are potentially reeling right now with, uh, you know, head coach and GM being fired. Everybody's kind of on notice. And for Mitch, this is a great opportunity, I guess, if he's going to start building up tape for the rest of the league because I think it's pretty clear at this time that Mitch will not be a Bear moving forward after this season. But if Mitch wants to at all improve his chances of maybe staying here, I guess there's a chance. But in general, just improving his standing across the league for when he hits free agency, you know, he's got to take advantage of these starts because if he comes out has a terrible start, I would not be surprised at all if Matt Nagy decides to go back to Nick Foles saying, you know, if, if our quarterback isn't getting it done, we're going to move on to the next guy, even if that guy had an opportunity before and didn't necessarily take advantage. This is... Uh, just a crazy critical game for the Bears, and it starts with Mitch. He's got to give them a chance, and we'll, we're going to talk about the offensive line shortly. Obviously, that these are the two main areas on the Bears, quarterback and offensive line. You know, if you just get nothing out of those two areas, it's very hard to win football games, and especially Mitch, last week against the Packers, three turnovers, two interceptions, one fumble. You absolutely have to control the football and not give it away. If Mitch gives the ball away to the Lions with silly interceptions or just mishandling the football and not covering it up, especially in the pocket, and loses a fumble or two, boy, that's all the Lions might need to steal victory. And with a loss, that might cripple the Bears' uh, playoff opportunity. This is a a very big game, I would say, must-win for the Bears – You know, especially now when you're talking about a five-game losing streak, you push this to six, and you got a tougher opponent after the Lions in the Houston Texans. You really want to make sure that you take care of business, and it starts and ends with quarterback play, and Mitch Trubisky has to do a better job of taking care of the football. Let's continue on to goal two, and we're going to stay with the offense and focus in on the offensive line, because last week against Green Bay, the offensive line wasn't terrific. They were... Probably still below average overall, especially if you compare them to the Packers. Uh, I mean, certainly below average. But that below average seemed like night and day difference from what the Bears have been getting from their offensive line generally all season long, especially when James Daniels went down. So right now, the the switch around of Jermaine Effetti at right tackle, Alex Barrs at right guard, you've got Cody Whitehair at left guard, Sam Muslifer at center, and then, of course, Charles Leno at left tackle. You know, Muslifer has been a nice little find so far. He's from a big program of Ohio State, played center there. He's going to be a key guy to watch the rest of the year uh, for all Bears fans. You just watch that center position because if he's there and he – is a good find and becomes a really good player for you you know you might have just solved a huge issue with your offensive line because then you got Musifer at center Cody Whitehair at guard and it looks like James Daniels is going to be a guard more than a center in this league now you've got a really solid interior or at least the prospect of a really solid interior and in the offseason you can just focus in on tackle but staying at the here and now Jermaine Fetty has a lot of experience at right tackle makes sense to put him out there because Rashad Coward wasn't getting it done and it it just seems with the offensive line that they worked a little bit better and part of that is play calling with Bill Lazor I think he's just doing not a not a night and day difference of a job but it just seems like he understands his personnel a little bit better with what he's trying to do play calling wise than what Matt Nagy was doing. So Can this offensive line build off of what they did a week ago against Green Bay? And they are going to be, I think, the tone setters in this game, at least for the offense. You don't want to put too much on them because the defense probably has to set the tone for the Bears overall. But certainly offensively, you kind of know what you're getting out of Mitch. You kind of know what you're going to get out of this scheme. But unfortunately, there's probably going to be running the football to a, a good degree, but not enough of it and we'll be complaining about that in our three-and-out series. But if this offensive line can do like they did last week and create some holes for this running game, give the quarterback some time, you know those are going to be huge parts of the Bears winning this football game because we know that if Mitch is not getting a lot of time back there and he's forced to create just by himself, that's a double-edged sword. Sometimes he can be great, but other times we saw with the Packers – just making silly mistakes out there. And not just turnovers, but, you know, taking a couple yard loss on a sack, running out of bounds rather than throwing it away. You know, when it's a struggle to pick up third and one, you can't give up any yards. Huge goal for the offensive line. Have to set the tone in this game offensively. They've got to be as good at least as they were last week. You're hoping for a little bit better, you know, more continuity, they get a little more used to each other. Sam Musfer may be a little bit better at that center position whoever is helping him identify blitzes they work a little bit better together whatever it is they've got to set that tone offensively give that running game a chance give your quarterback some time and do the job that you need your offensive line to do and kind of take over this football game our third goal is going to focus in on the defense and this defense They need a bounce-back performance, didn't have a great game against the Packers, and you're really worried and wondering about the kind of fatigue factor physically. They're constantly on the field, and they've been on the field all year long, but it's not just the physical side, the mental side. Is there any type of fraying or fracturing in this locker room? Are the defensive players kind of isolating themselves? because it's all on them every single week to deliver and perform and back in the day i think that that would have been fine when you're talking about early 2000s you know 90s football but in today's day and age defensive players aren't stupid they know all the rules are against them you know when you're going into your yearly meeting for the first time in the off season you're going over the changes in the rules You know, defensive players are probably under the mindset of like, oh great, what can't I do now? Versus the offense who's getting all the rules in favor of them. When you have a league that's built around offense and the defense has to carry you every single week, there's a pride in that as a defense, especially because you want to believe that defensive football always will outrule offensive football whether that's true or not you have that philosophy as a defensive player and coach but it's got to be demoralizing when you know every single week you have to keep a team as close to zero as possible because you just might put up zero offensively there have been multiple games this year where the special teams when you talk about just the kicker and the defense have outscored the offense that's a common occurrence in chicago And for a lot of these defensive players, you know, when Khalil Mack doesn't get a sack three games in a row, it's all of a sudden like, what the hell are you guys doing? And you kind of see how unfair that is because if you had put just an average offense on the other side of this defense, and I'm talking an offense that, let's say, scores 24 and a really predictable team that scores 24, Sometimes they score 20, sometimes they score 30, and they end up around 24, whatever. That team that I'm describing, they are not five and six right now. They are at a really good record, and they are feeling good about themselves. They're feeling like a team that is a dark horse that nobody's going to be talking about in this NFC because certainly with an average offense, the Bears aren't just automatic Super Bowl favorites in the NFC, but with what this defense can do, with how many more opportunities they they would have at sacks and turnovers because the offense is putting pressure on the opposing team. I mean, if you're any team in the NFL right now and you go against the Bears, you've got to feel like, hey, their offense isn't going to do anything. If we just stick together as a team, our defense holds them down to zero. Our offense just keeps trying to figure it out and break through against a defense that is giving up big plays on the ground or big numbers on the ground and isn't necessarily taking away the ball and it not necessarily sacking the quarterback. You know, teams feel invigorated, I think, when they play the Bears. What can this defense do to kind of demoralize the Lions is going to be a huge goal in this. If the Lions get some early points, and I think that that's going to be Daryl Bevel's goal, try to get some early points so that you can really, put pressure on the Bears offense and defense at the same time Matt Nagy called out his defense Uh, they had meetings privately this week to explain all the uh, comments that Matt Nagy said about calling out the defense look I think everybody understands on that side of the football how important that they play well and this is a game talking about if you want any shot at the playoffs you've got to win this game you're the defense you're the top unit you're the leaders and regardless of what your coach said even though his offense has been failing it's up to this Bears defense to be the reason why they get into the playoffs and that has to start with really impressive performance not just good not just solid but they've got to throw in some really impressive performances especially down this stretch if the Bears are going to have any chance in making the playoffs. But they might not have to be impressive necessarily to win this game against the Lions. Our final goal is kind of more the intangible side, and you know this is a big-time desperation game for both sides. The Lions, like I said before, with firing your head coach and your GM, everybody's on notice. All the coaches, all the players. Look, there's a good chance. It's going to be a full-on rebuild with the next regime that takes over football operations for the lions so they might just get rid of everybody but if you are a player that at all was hoping that you can stay in detroit for a while and you have your family here in detroit and you want to stick around you definitely have to put on some really good tape and if you know that you're probably going to get cut you see the writing on the wall, your big contract at an age that's not appealing to a new regime coming in. You got to put out the best possible tape you can for a free agency, just like I talked about with Mitch. The Bears should be as desperate as anything that the Lions are. One game separates these teams. So if you're the Lions, if the Bears are alive in playoff contention, you are too. It's not impossible. They have to look at this game as still an opportunity to save their season and and really make something out of it because certainly if you fire head coach and GM basically the three-quarter mark of the season and your team gets into the playoffs with what's left over, I, I think that's an inspiring thing for a team that's looking to obviously get to the playoffs and be a contender and felt that they were getting close to that with the previous regime. The Bears are kind of facing those similar type questions, like if Ryan Pace and Matt Nagy were fired, I mean, you wouldn't just start a brand new rebuild. The new regime coming in, you would think, at least assuming what ownership would probably want, they would come in thinking with a few tweaks, we can be a Super Bowl contender because we have talent here and we were expecting to compete, but the guys in control weren't doing a good enough job leading the way. And if you look at the long-term future, probably both sides would like a loss here and improve their draft standing because even if the Bears or the Lions made the playoffs, they would be considered one of the weaker playoff teams in all of football. You just can't ignore the problems. And I know a lot of Bears fans, including myself, feel like, hey, playoffs sometimes misleads ownership into thinking that the team is a lot closer to contention than they actually are. We've heard a lot about how this locker room is a great locker room. It's filled with a lot of good guys that, are, that take pride and, and want to win. You know, they, they didn't look like that team against Green Bay. And if they don't look like that team against the Lions, what does that tell you about where the direction of this team is headed? And some big changes are probably coming. No matter what, just with a, a five-game losing streak that could potentially turn into six, that tells you that something's really wrong with your football team. To me, the final goal then is who's gonna be that more desperate team? Because end of day, when it comes three thirty and this game concludes on Sunday, I think likely the team that came in there with more desperation, more energy, more physicality, more fight, you know, this isn't a game about necessarily scheme, tactic, and talent. This is about more of a street fight where Whoever wants it can get it because it's going to be there for the taking. Both of these teams have weaknesses that can easily be exploited by the other. It's just about executing and it's about a want to. So which Bears team do we see? A very hungry 5-6 and six team or a 5-6 and six team that's ready to kind of lay down and get into the offseason?